welcome to the Heart Centered Sales Leader Podcast, your one-stop shop for building client relationships, scaling your business, and ultimately growing your income. When you are looking for your next step in personal and financial growth, we've got you covered with your host, number one international best-selling author and heart-centered sales expert, Connie Whitman. Welcome to the Heart Centered Sales Leader Podcast on webtalkradio.net. I'm your heart-centered sales leader and, of course, host, Connie Whitman. So every week as you tune in, I really, really, really hope you're feeling my mission to change that word sales from something that's icky and sleazy and just pure out manipulation to something that we really should be coming from, which is care, love and respect. And I hope that you will join me on this movement um, to make that shift. Of course, to help you with that mindset shift, please go and take my communication style assessment. It allows you to find out what your zone of genius from a superpower communication sales conversation point of view is, as well as sharing your blind spot. For me, I think the blind spot is probably more important than the superpower because we shoot ourselves in the foot and we don't even know we're doing it. So go to WhitmanAssos.com slash CSA for communication style assessment. That is my gift to you to uh, change or to join me on this journey of uh, a changing sales uh, to something that's care, love and respect. If you're loving the show, I know I ask for so much. Please subscribe, share it with your peeps um, and write a review and rate. That really helps with the Apple podcast uh, ratings. And I always appreciate your support. Now, my motivational quote today is by Michelle Stinson Ross, and Michelle says, to continue winning the internet marketing game, your content has to be more than just brilliant. It has to give people consuming that content the ability to become a better version of themselves. Here's the deal. No matter the size of your business or your organization, marketing is a key part of letting those potential clients know who you are and how you could potentially help them in their situation, right? Well, can you define what marketing is and what a marketing company can help you achieve? So here's the deal. I am not sure that I can answer this question with any type of clarity. So how do you choose the right marketing plan to roll out to your clients, right? To let the message out, let alone know if you're hiring the right company to help you with your messaging. So today, of course, I have an expert and I am beyond excited. He's a friend, colleague, and just an amazing, uh, brilliant guest, uh, Jim Nysonger. Now, Jim is the owner of Enlightened Profits and he helps mission-driven coaches, consultants, and other be- experts sell more of their products and services by helping them zone in on a clear message so they can show up bigger and serve their clients in just a better way. So please help me welcome my amazing friend, Jim, to the show. Jim, thanks for being on. Yes. Thanks for having me. This is going to be fun. Yes, yes, yes. So Jim and I have been working together on my messaging and I, I just have to tell you, he is out of this world brilliant. So my first question, Jim, is how do you view genius for coaches and consultants who have a wealth of expertise? Okay. So the, the way that I view it is this, that, that people such as yourself, like you, you, you have all of these years, decades of sales experience. And so through those decades, you've accumulated all of this brilliance. And within that brilliance, I like to even think of it like this ocean of brilliance, ocean of wisdom. And within that ocean of wisdom, there are three drops of genius. And genius 
is what you see that other people don't see. And so here's what happens is because we're swimming in our ocean of genius, we're accidentally dumbing down the genius because we're trying to include too much and too many different angles. And, um, you know, they, they say like a shark can supposedly like with just a couple drops of blood, it can track its prey or something. I don't know if that's true about sharks. But my experience is that when I work with people who have an ocean of brilliance, I can find those three drops of genius. And then what we do is we zero in on the things that you see that nobody else sees, the things that you can say that nobody else can say because they don't see it. And then the actions for your clients to take that they don't even know they're supposed to take. So those to me are the three drops that you see something nobody else sees. You know what it means in a way that nobody else knows and you know what to do about it in a way that nobody else does. And yeah. so, so that's what we're doing here. Yeah. And Jim, I have to tell you, you do it. Um, clearly this is your, you know, brilliance and genius and I'll just share personally, right? The first time you and I spoke, Jim was referred to me. I was running a webinar and, you know, how do I get my message across clearly? And I, it's so funny what you said. You swim in the ocean of your own knowledge, right? I have 39 years of experience. So there's so much that I know, but I don't know what to bring forward because there's so much in there. How do you choose, right? How do you, in your, in that, you know, I'm visual, right? So that analogy of the three drops. And, and I just want to share with you, working with you, I think after like the third, third call we had, you started pulling things for me that I knew I knew, but I never thought that they were valuable to say because it was like, well, doesn't everybody know this? And as soon as you said it, you were like, no, everybody doesn't know this. It's just so commonplace for you that you forget that it's really the genius that no one else is seeing. So guys, when I tell you exactly what, what Jim said, he does. And, and here's the other thing for people who know me freaking blew my mind. I remember every time I'd meet with you, Jim, at dinner, my husband said, Oh, so how'd it go? What was your day like? Right. And I'd say, I met with Jim again. And you know what he said? And, and my husband's like, wow. Yeah, you do do that. I'm like, I've never said that though. So we would, every time I would have a meeting with you, Jim, he'd go, what did Jim say now? I'm like, I know he's pulling things out from the recesses of the, of a brain that has been dormant for years. So it's fun. So just everybody listening to the process was fun. It was eye-opening and mind-blowing. So I really want you to hear what he said. We have these oceans of brilliance and genius and right and, and all of this stuff we know, but do we know what those three drops are that no one else sees? And, you know, you've definitely opened my eyes. And, and it's funny, since you and I have worked together, people are saying to me, you know, no one's ever said that. That's such a good way to look at sales. And I just giggle and I think, mm -hmm. That's right. He hit me, found that drop of blood in the ocean for me. Right? So it's, it's amusing and it's satisfying at the same time. Yeah. And just one point that, that I think is so fascinating about this is because the greater our expertise, the more that it slips into kind of our unconscious competence. We're still amazing at it, but we don't have to think about it. And just a, a quick story to relate is I remember when I was about 14 years old, 
trying to learn how to drive a clutch and, you know, like you let out the clutch and it's doing this back and forth shaking and all of this stuff. And so um, one time riding with my dad and I'm paying attention like, OK, OK, he just shifted. And so right when he shifted, I asked him, so how did you know to shift just then? Because I'm like, hey, I need to know when to shift if I'm going to do this thing right. And he's like, I don't know. I didn't think about it. I just shifted. And that's what happens, that when we're in our genius, we don't think about shifting. We just shift. And so for me, that's what is my job to discover and bring to light the right pieces of knowing when to shift. You know, what fascinates me about you, Jim, is you ask because you know me about questioning, right? I think that's our magic wands. We need the questions to uncover and see things with clarity. So you're really good at the questioning piece. But here's the piece that I think most people just really aren't good at. And that's the listening. You hear you definitely hear the words, right? But your ability to take what and and I'll just use me again, right? You, You take what I said and you understood. And then all of a sudden you came back to me. So if I'm hearing you right, Connie, you said, and then your interpretation processing and what comes out of your mouth after what from my mouth coming out of your mouth, two very different things. So that was fascinating for me that you not only understood the depth of what I was saying, you were able to translate it into a very concise message. So it took me, let's say three minutes to say to you, you would say in one sentence that, that is, I've never met anybody like you. So, and I think I said that, like, you fascinate me because the way your brain <laughs> processes, but, the, but really, really, and this is a compliment to you, your listening skills are extraordinary and humans were not really good at the listening piece. So that's just, I think, one of your major superpowers. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks. Yeah. And, and so this, I know which question you're you're about to ask me because you this is this sets up that question because I I have these frames in my mind that I'm listening for where does your information go into the framework and so go ahead and ask the question then I'm going to tell you how this works. Yeah, so I I let's see if let's see see he's in my head guys all the time. He's I'm telling you he's a freak of nature and he's brilliant. So what are the biggest mistakes that you see people like me coaches, consultants, business owners make? that are undermining their sales without even, and I'm a sales expert and I was undermining my sales. Yep. Yep. So the first one, the the big one is that we put our offer under consideration too early in the process. And so we lead with just, for example, a sales page that has an image of the thing that you're selling right at the very top. So what we've done is we've already put a person who is unprepared for a decision, we've put them into decision mode prematurely. And so when we're talking about our stuff, a filter goes up immediately for people that every word that comes out of our mouths afterwards, they're thinking, okay, this person's trying to sell me. Okay. So so they feel under pressure just because the presence of that it's like we bring an elephant into the room and they feel like, okay, This person's trying to sell me the elephant. They're trying to tell me about all of the good things about the elephant. So that's the filter. And so we have to keep the elephant out of the room to have the real conversation about who they are, what they want, what challenges they have, what even how to even think about a decision from there forward. Yeah. So, okay. so that was the three. But you said there were three frameworks. 
Yeah, yeah. So, so, okay. So, so the three ships. So, so let, um, I thought that was the question you were going to. So, see, so I jumped ahead. So the three ships. So the first shift that it's our job to help people make before our offer is on the table, help them make the shift from fearful to courageous. Yes. And so there are three pieces in that, that shift from fearful to courageous. And the first one was even in that quote that you talked about, like our marketing has to help people have a vision for the greater version of themselves. So we want the greater version of themselves. They have resources within them. It's not just only what we have. It's the combination of what they bring to the table with what we have. And then third is what's that vision, that true vision for the final result that they want. And so that when we have people tuned into that greater version of themselves, the resources that they bring to the table and that vision for what they want, they automatically start shifting from fearful to more courageous. And so that's that's the first shift that we want to help them make. Yeah. And, you know, sales, right? That's that's my world. And you and I have talked to great lengths about this, that because of we've all been burned at, in the past, right? We've spent money and didn't get what we were promised in the deliverables, right? Or somebody didn't fulfill what the promise was. So we've all been burned, right? We've all watched Wolf of Wall Street and made off with, you know, the movie made off with De Niro. And, and we're honed to put these barriers up as soon as we feel up, oh, here comes the pitch, right? Here comes the, the big ask. And so we, we put these barriers up because we're taught to put those barriers up. But with good messaging, we really can be in control and bring those barriers down right so that's that's that um clarity of really it's clarity of communication in essence yep yep for sure and so that's the first shift to help them shift from fearful to courageous by hitting on those three things then the second shift is that we want to help them shift from confused to clarity about the problem that they're dealing with and so um the first part is that we get to empathize with their problem from their perspective. Um, it's funny, there's this quote from Jane Austen from, from one of her books that says, it seems my sore throats are a little bit worse than everybody else's. That's what we all feel. We feel that our problems are unique and different. And so it's our job, if we have something to offer to people, to relate and connect to where they are. What are their true frustrations of their unique version of the problem? So that that's the first part. Then when we do that, we open up the space where then we can help diagnose what is the deeper cause of their frustrations. Because I can guarantee you, anybody who's stuck in a frustration has not identified what's truly causing it. Otherwise, they would have fixed it on their own. So so there's something that they're blind to that we as experts, we see, but we have to open the space with first relating with empathy to what their frustrations are. Then we can reveal, okay, this is what's going on. And then the third part of really relating to their situation, giving them clarity, is to have the discussion about what are the consequences of not fixing this thing? Okay, great. You've been able to live with it. You've been able to get by for five years or 10 years or three months or whatever it is. What happens six months from now, a year from now? Does your spouse leave you? Do you have a stress attack? What happens really? How much longer can you put up with this thing? And and so that is 
all of the contextualizing to give them clarity within themselves of what they're really dealing with. And of course, as we're doing that, we're getting clarity for ourselves about what they're dealing with. Yeah. So, so and, that's the, the second shift from that confusion to clarity. Yeah. And, and I think that's an important piece because otherwise I, you know, it's malpractice. What, whatever right. you're selling or whatever your offer is or whatever your industry is, you're doing malpractice or some form of malpractice because you're, you're making a recommendation that really isn't the perfect fit. So why are you doing it? It's wrong. Right. And that's that. Again, we go back to the icky, sleazy manip. We feel we're being manipulated and that's why we put up those barriers. Why, and, and you and I have talked about this at great lengths also. The, there's so much, there's so many marketing companies, there's so many sales companies, there's so many consultants, there, you know, there, there, there's an abundance, right? There's, we don't have a lack of people available that could potentially help us, right? They're there, they're out there. How do we zone in to find, because everybody's promising something, and mm-hmm. you have taught me how to look between the lines to say, same old, same old, there's no depth there. They're really not going to be able to help you move the needle, right? So how do, how do people, how can people understand and be able to start to read through the lines of it? This is a load of crap. You know, you know what I mean? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, um, well, the, the first thing that, that I think about is, is this something that Almost anybody could say, and maybe everyone is already saying, like the the big promise for I don't know how many years it's been now. It's just like so so silly to me in the in the coaching world of the the promise of making six figures. Like there are people that that are still out there beating that drum as if they're they're saying something unique and different, and, and it's just like we, we've heard it, and, and there's this. This um, crazy thing, um, I don't even know what what word to use for it, but to describe it is just that we automatically, as humans, we discount what we've already heard or something that sounds similar to what we've already heard. And um, for me, what I am uh, usually on a mission to do is I want to find the the way of describing or talking about your work that can't be found even on Google, and so I, I'm routinely like searching up terms of like, ooh, this sounds like this. Let me look. And if Google can't find it, there's a good chance that nobody else is talking about it. And this is like like your unique special sauce. So um, did that answer the question, or did I go? Into yeah, it, t- it totally did. And and you're right because here's the, <laughs> I'm laughing because you know we all get a ton of emails, right? You subscribe and you get free gifts and whatever, and you're like, oh, I'd like to read that ebook. Oh, that's a quick digestible thing. You know, let me raise my awareness on whatever the topic is: health, diet, recipes, whatever, right? And then you read mm-hmm. it and you think, uh huh. Like, uh, yeah, I already knew that. So now, mm-hmm. right now you're on the email list and, and me too. I email people, right? They're on my email list. The, the emails become like, uh-huh. Where you, now then you stop reading them and you just delete them because there's just no value added. And I know you see that all the time as well. And I know it makes you like crazy when you see that. Yep. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. For sure. For sure. And then so so let me just talk about that third shift then. Yes. So so we've made so so first we're helping to shift people from fearful to courageous. Yep. That in itself is a big shift. We're helping them shift from like unclear to really having this clarity about what they're dealing with. 
still, they don't have our expertise, even though they're courageous and now they have clarity about what they're dealing with. They don't have our, our expertise. And so then the, the next shift is to help them shift from doubt to certainty about a solution. Once again, without bringing our elephant into the room yet, we, we, we're still not we're still not marching elephants yet. So um, so what we're doing here is we're helping them understand the essential conditions for success for what they want to do. So I'll give you like my my first simple example is like with messaging. So people go off looking for what are the right words? What should I be saying about this thing that I'm doing? Yes. And. You cannot do it if your genius hasn't been decoded, which is what we talked about. This is the whole reason that I do this is because we need to decode your genius. We need to understand exactly who that genius is meant for and what are the things that attract and repel them so that they're going to be responsive. Next, we need to understand what they need to bring to the table, what conditions are going to make it so that they can be successful. And then finally, we have to have an offer constructed that gives them the process that they need to get results. When we have all three of those conditions met, then we can talk about a message. Before that, like, yeah, a, a message is like we can say some things and we might get lucky, but I'm not about getting lucky. I'm about making the results inevitable. So so th this is what we want to do. We, the, If we just randomly throw out words, no matter how good they sound, we're just we're rolling the dice in a world where everybody else is rolling the dice and they're just everything is so crowded, so noisy. And so I want to stack the odds in our favor as much as humanly possible so that we can be successful. So that's the success conditions. The second piece to this shifting them from doubting to certain is what I call the inevitability factor. And so in your case. So the inevitability factor is that if you eliminate the five layers of buyer's resistance, you meet that person who is the, what What do we call the person again? I can't remember. Objectionless now. buyer. Yes. Okay. Yes. So, so this is, it, this is the inevitability factor at play in your, in your work. If we eliminate the five layers of buyer's resistance, we are face to face with the objectionless buyer, the person who is ready and willing and able to buy from us right now. Yes, that's inevitability. And so that's that's what we want to find so that so when we have that, when we can say that. So we haven't once again, we haven't made the offer, but we can describe like, holy crap. Yeah, I, I can see how that was would work. If there's no resistance and I'm face to face with this person, I, I see how I could make more sales. So we're like, we're already positioning your offer to be irresistible before people have ever heard it. And then the, the third step in that part is the process. Like, okay, so what are, what's the process? And so with your five layers of buyer's resistance, there's a specific order in which we work them. And, and so this is how we shift from doubt to certainty about a solution, once again, before we've marched our elephant into the room. Yeah, and I just, I, I just you use the word objectionless buyer, and no one has ever said that. <clears throat> I had never used that terminology. And this, just for the listeners, so how did you, Connie, how'd you get to objectionless buyer? Jim, how'd you get to objectionless buyer? This is what I had said to Jim 
And I remember the conversation so well, because it was one of those for me, Jim, one of the mind blowing moments, right? Mm -hmm. I said to you that with once we break down those five layers, right, through using my process, the tactics are there. But the person has to find their voice through those tactics, right? And as soon as we can do that, right, I can help them do that. When they go to ask for the business, right, three things should happen. And this is this is what I said to Jim. One, the customer's like, how fast can we do this? Yeah. Two, I say to the client, you're not ready for me yet. You have all this other stuff going on. Yeah, I could sell it to you, but you're going to become more overwhelmed and we're not really going to move the needle. So you're just not ready for me yet. You need to do these things. And then a month from now, three months from now, whatever. So they're still in my pipeline. I'm still in communication with them. I just don't force the sale because the timing's off, right? But I'm still in control. And then the third one I said to Jim is that the third one is, I'm not the right, I'm not the right person to help you with your situation. You need to meet my friend, Jim or Michael or whoever it is. Three things. And then I said to Jim, notice I didn't say an objection because if you're doing my process right of breaking down those layers, when you get to the objectionless buyer is what came out of this. Those three things should happen and it should never be an objection. And then Jim's response was, Oh, so you get to the objectionless buyer. Now I had never heard that phraseology. I had never heard that phraseology, but here's the thing. That was the reality. So my long answer came to two words, objectionless buyer. So I just wanted to give context to that, Jim, because that was a mind-blowing moment. Yes, I do talk to the objectionless buyer every time I'm in a conversation, just never phrased it as such. But it's very, see, I'm visual. That, to me, was a very visual, clear concept of where I want to take my clients, right? Yeah, and and guess, guess who else had never heard of it? I'd never heard of it because I'm just listening to what's being unsaid. I'd never heard of it. Google had never heard of it. GoDaddy of buying the URL had never heard of it because it is your unique thing. And so to me, that's the thing that I'm always looking for. I want to find the thing within you that Google has never found anywhere else in the world because that's unique positioning that you can build a message and offers and a business around. Yeah. And the, you know, at the onset, I always give my free gift because I want everybody to just be able to flourish and thrive. Right. And you know, I'm generous and I love, I love supporting people. And <clears throat> so when we, you and I were talking about the CSA, the communication style assessment, you, you again pulled this and I never realized this was happening. It's subconscious or it's unconscious, our communication, right? 55% of our communications through body language. So it's not even words or tone. It's just this energy that we share with each other. And now we're building out that unconscious conversation that's happening all the time. But if you don't know what's going on at that unconscious level, that's the blind spot, right? That I said at the beginning, Jim, you're shooting yourself in the foot without even knowing why people are saying, I don't have the money. I don't have the time. I don't, I, I don't want to do that right now. They don't even know why they're saying that. So all of this unconscious stuff is going on as well. So again, with my CSA, I know why I created it. I know I want to help people communicate on a much clearer, deep, intimate, not a weird, intimate, a good intimate. And you came up with, oh, so we're having unconscious conversations. Uh huh. Again, it was those two words from my description that, but it's happening at that subconscious or that unconscious level. So that was another just brilliant um, example of 
me talking and you pulling out those three drops of blood, if you will. Right. 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 Yeah. And, and so the, the real the, the real thing here that, that I think is so cool is that that then there, there just becomes these new frames that, that we can give people to to look at things. And, and so like, yeah, you cannot fit, use conscious tools to fix the unconscious conversation right. that is undermining your sales. And guaranteed, the unconscious conversation undermines more sales than the conscious conversation ever will. And you will never know why if you don't understand what that conversation is between the words, behind the words that, that's going on all the time. And and the thing that, again, you know, we, we guys, list, everybody listening, and I know we're really good, right? That negative record player, I'm not good enough. Well, I'm no different than anybody else. Why me? All of that under, you know, underlying current is playing constantly in our brain. And it was interesting, Jim, because you said all of the salespeople that you've met and you've met lovely people and they're doing the same thing I'm doing, right? Helping people increase sales, make more money, right? Isn't that what we're all trying to do? We make more money. We can do better things in the world. And you said to me, but nobody knows how to navigate or help people get through that underlying unconscious conversation that is always happening and people don't know it. So that's one of my drops of blood that I didn't even realize I was so good at it as I was explaining things to Jim. He was like, I've never heard this before. And I'm thinking it's communication. What do you mean you haven't heard it before? Because it's this subtle undercurrent under the sales that everybody's saying, here's my template. Here are my seven steps. I have seven steps too. But in every aspect of my seven steps is this unconscious layer. And again, I didn't know that that's what I was doing until you raised my awareness. Now I can clearly communicate that to people. So they think, oh my God, what is my unconscious conversations? I better get in control of that. Right. And everybody right. out there can't do that. So this is, so, so let me ask you this. Right. So that was the inevitable. Right. You bring me. You've taught me how to see the inevitable thinking that I need to find my Mm -hmm. three drops of blood and that my ocean of of genius. What is inevitably thinking for the coaches and consultants? What does that look like for you, for them? So so the way I look at this, I look at this this pyramid of thinking. So we can. Thing, so at the bottom of the pyramid is the, there's just like things that we might hope will happen, but they're pretty unlikely. Like, OK, that it's unlikely that that's going to happen. And so if we put a bunch of time and energy on stuff that's unlikely to happen, guess what? <laughs> we're we're going to be wasting a lot of time and energy. And then above that is that they're the things that possibly. So it's possibly. OK. And so the difference to shift from unlikely to possibly, a lot of that is kind of like positive thinking, like, mm-hmm. like we can shift and, and, mm-hmm. and do that. And then above possibly is probably. And so usually the approach to shift from possibly to probably is like, okay, yeah, I just need to work a little bit harder. And, um, but still, okay, this is probably. So this thing would probably happen if I do everything right in the right way, in the right time, all all of these things, it'll probably happen. And too many people are betting on possibly 
betting on probably a lot of people are still betting on unlikely because they, they have these weird fantasies that they haven't pulled together the strategy and the logic. But the top of the pyramid is inevitability. And so inevitability for me, the, the thing that makes this shift from probably to inevitability is what I call uncommon discipline. Which means we are willing to commit, unwaveringly commit to an objective that is unreasonable for anybody else to even talk about. It's like, no, I'm going to unreasonably commit to the highest possible level that I can and put everything in place. So, so true commitment, you put the things in place. You don't just like, okay, well, I gave it my best shot. We'll see what happens. That's not commitment. And so the reality is we spend way too much time in a fear of even declaring what we want, much less putting all of the things in place to make that as inevitable as possible and then we wonder why we don't get results. It's clear. It's obvious. Like it starts with that declaration. And um, yeah, it, it's amazing how afraid we are, especially in our society. All of the shaming, all of the guilting, all of the yeah. weird trips that people put on other people. We've made it so that people are afraid to say what they want. Like even as kids, like we've had our dreams shot down. We've been made fun of at school, all of these different things. And it prevents us from taking the first step to commit so that we even have a chance at inevitability. So that, that's my rant on that one. Yeah, but, but, and I, and I, that's why I love you because that when, you know, every conversation just makes more and more sense for me. And what you just said, you know, we're, we're playing, we're playing small because it's safe. But I, I think that people, what you just said, people are like, well, yeah, I want to play in that inevitability realm. I want to commit to that. I think what gets in the way, and you tell me if I'm wrong, but this is what I see, is people think that the answer is out there, not within themselves. That's number one. And number two, they're looking for the still the magic pill of your way is going to work for me. You're my savior. You have my answer instead of saying, how can you help me find or go up those steps to that inevitable thinking? And, and I, I think this is an important shift because we, we're, and, and you and I, I mean, we've talked about this so much too, but I, I think it's important for my listeners. We're afraid to declare, like, I'm not going to take this crap anymore and I'm not going to listen to everybody else. And everybody, why are you doing that? That's their issues, not mine, right? I, I need to step into my greatness. I know what my purpose is. I don't think everybody has the strength um, to do that. And that's the mind. I think that's the big mindset shift that you have to stop worrying about what everybody thinks. Um, that's hard though. Right. Or I, yeah. I don't. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I did a face, just a, a short one sentence Facebook post about this this morning that I feel is super relevant here. Yeah. So what we do is we outsource our decision-making mm. to somebody else because we're not fully committed to it 
And we want to have a scapegoat in place when it fails. And so we build failure into the process from the very start because we're unwilling to declare and we want somebody else to decide for us. And then we can say, well, mm, I tried. So-and-so was wrong. I hired this coach. They were wrong. I listened to that expert. They were wrong. I, I'm not about that. I, I, I'm just refused to play that game of like, why will we build failure in from the very start? It's mm -hmm. just... It's absolutely insane. And part of it is a safety mechanism because we've been traumatized so much for what we think failure will mean, what we think it means to declare a goal and all of that stuff. This this shame and failure, um, like piling on to people and making fun of people and all of that stuff. We've all experienced way too much of it. And as a society, we're suffering the effects. Yeah. And, and I, I really hope this show was important for me. Um, number one, because I wanted, I want everybody, I want everybody to know Jim because I all think, I think you all need Jim. Okay. That's, that's the bottom line. He's one of my favorite people in this world, actually. Um, because I think that you, there's no BS about you. Um, if I believe if you felt you couldn't help me, you wouldn't have, you would have said, Connie, I'm not the right person for you. I know that in my heart that you are always in integrity, which is important to me as well. Um, but you see things so clearly, Jim, that, um, you blow my mind every time I have a conversation with you. And I loved the description today and those steps, right? Uh, that we put that failure in place so that we do have the scapegoat instead of saying, I'm not going to take it anymore. I'm going to throw all that caution and fear to the wind. And I am going to step into my greatness. And guys, I know this is hard stuff we're talking about, but let me tell you, it is really possible. It is really possible. I feel stronger and better and clearer than I think I ever have in my business in 20 freaking years. So what does that say? I'm a slow learner, Jim. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know? and, 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 and th this thing is like, it, it's fascinating. So, so um, my belief is that we all have a voice of truth within us. We've all had situations where we've gone against that and we knew we shouldn't have. And then six months later, three months later, whatever. Oh, I knew I shouldn't have done that thing. Yeah. So we all have this internal compass within us. Guaranteed we do. And the more that we clear out the, the, the noise that prevents us from tuning into that yes. is one thing. And I mean, that's been like one of my biggest work over the past 20 years, like just clearing as much of my internal noise as possible to, to hear my own compass so that I can even tune into other people's compasses. That's right. But, but then there, there's this part of, um, that nobody else has your answers. But people can help you find your answers. That's the thing is, is that are we working with people who help us find truths within ourselves that have been there all along? Yes. Are we working with people who help us be a better version of who we are? Yes. Or are we working with people who have this this codependent dynamic with us where we're looking up to them for information and we're getting our answers from them and then we're making decisions that we know are, are not in our best interest. So, so to me, that that's it. Like we're community creatures. We have to work together to find the best within ourselves and with the, within each other. And it requires those healthy type of relationships. Yeah.
Yeah, those collaborations. And that's why I picked that quote this morning um, for the show, because I and you and I've talked about this, too. But when people leave me, whether they hire me or not, you know, even when I do the webinar, right, some people are like, you go so fast. I'm like, because I want you to learn as much as you can, even if you don't hire me, that you walk away saying, Connie Whitman taught me three things that I've implemented and I made three extra sales. I did my job, right? So I want people to walk away always feeling better for have met me or spent that hour with me or whatever, you know, let alone a lifetime with me. So there, I have to make a difference. And for me, that's one of my truths and my compelling reasons why I wake up every day. I really need to make a difference. That's why I do the show. I want people like you for, and myself to share the stories and the content and the strategies and the tips that people could say, where have you been my whole life? This is exactly what I've been looking for. Let me start on that journey or let me start or pivot here because this makes so much sense to what's been going on internally. So, you know, that's why I do the show, I think, because I love sharing um, just vital information that's that's good, good content, right? I have to create good content. So, Jim, we're out of time, but I, yeah, there's so much there's so much more to say, people. Let me just tell you, there's so much more to say. Um, we have hit the tip of the iceberg with Jim and his his brilliance, but please reach out to him. Email him if you have specific questions with some of the uh, thoughts he had or shared. Uh, he's he's just lovely to speak with as well. So go to Jim and then underscore, and I'm, it's nice longer, but it's N-I-S-W-O-N-G-E-R at yahoo.com. Also check out his website, which is enlightenedprofitsplural.com. No worries. I will put both of those links in the show notes so that you could connect with Jim. Uh, Jim, thank you so much. Thank you for what you're doing out there. I feel like in marketing, um, you're needed. You're just really a needed resource. There's too much noise and we need to start breaking down and bringing people forward who, who need to be shown off with their ze- with their zone of genius because they're getting buried by all the noise and I think that you're you're one of the prophets out there helping so thank you so much for that thank you yeah it's been so fun and uh, yeah I could talk about any of these topics for hours and hours and so I'll probably make a bunch of new videos based on just our conversation today <laughs> yeah so f- that's another thing just f- follow Jim on Facebook his posts are brilliant they they really uh, they they make you pause like he said that one little sentence he put out this morning follow him because he'll put up Facebook, you read the post and you pause and you think, wow, let me read that again. And then you, you could start to digest some of the information. So also join him. It's just uh, Jim Nysonger, uh on Facebook. You could find him as well. Jim, thanks so much. Uh, again, and we could talk all day. Um, so appreciate your, your sharing all that wonderful information with my listeners. Thank you for, for being on. Thanks so much for having me. Always a joy to hang out with you. Um, and you all, I hope you will join me weekly as we question, build, and discover together that sales, marketing, all of the guests that I bring on, I really hope that you listen to their tips, strategies, and ideas or go internal and think about what is holding you back personally, whatever, wherever you're coming from. My re- my request is always, please choose something that Jim and I spoke about today. One thing 
and apply it in your life. Application, that's where you're going to get results. Don't just talk about it. Actually start to do something differently. And that's where the magic happens. Thank you again, Jim. Thank you all for tuning in to the Heart Centered Sales Leader Podcast with me, your Heart Centered Sales Leader and host, Connie Whitman. I wish you all a wonderful week. And I truly am honored to have you on this journey of discovery, I think, in the business world. And I am honored that you're here with me. We'll see you next week, everybody. You've been listening to the Heart Centered Sales Leader Podcast. Thanks for tuning in to hear Connie Whitman and her expert guests share tips, tools, and strategies that can be implemented immediately. Be sure to subscribe so that you don't miss a single episode. And while you're at it, please leave a rating and review and share it with your friends. Tune in every week for more exciting insights and strategies on increasing your business's ROI. And always remember, lead with heart and your sales will follow.